Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Know this. This is episode 109. Jeez. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the pod, whatever you're listening on, go follow us on. Whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we own damn near everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Anchor. If you're on Anchor, follow us there too. If you're on YouTube, follow our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, subscribe, put on notifications. If you like to read articles, if you're more of a website person, we got a website, Dangerous Jobbers Podcast.com. Right, or dangerous drivers website. Dangerous drivers website. Dangerous drivers website.com. Um, there's spotlight articles and moments in time. There's all the wrestlers of the pod, which we will get to in a second. And it's just there's links to everything, videos, special edition. Man, we did just check it out. There's a lot of stuff over there. All over the place. All over. We on TikTok, we're on Instagram, Twitter. Follow us on everything, man. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the wrestler of the pod. The wrestler of the pod this week sits a, a special place in my heart. This man is 19 years old, and he's about to have another highlight match. While he has no official accolades, he's been in the ring and been working for GCW and has mixed it up with some of the very best, such as Leo Rush, such as Joey Janela, mm-hmm. such as the, the octopus, Jonathan Grisham former ROH champion, uh, other wrestler of the pod, Tony Deppen. And December 10th, he will be stepping in the ring with none other than the always ready Matt Cardona at GCW. Yes, sir. The wrestler of the pod this week is Starboy Charlie. Starboy. Thank you. Shout out to Starboy Charlie. We are looking forward to seeing you and Cardona have a great match. I've seen you do it time and time again. Why they haven't put a strap on this kid, I don't know. But he is amazing every time out, no matter who he's against. And he's just a sight to see. Mm-hmm. So wrestler of the pod this week, Starboy Charlie. Yeah, if you haven't checked him out, man, y'all need to. Because this for 19 years old, this kid can go. He can go, man. He can fucking go. All right. Moving on to indie news. Did you hear about Eric Young um, being murdered on Impact Wrestling? Yeah, I heard about it. And like, oh, I was surprised of all the things you can do to write this man off of TV. They killed him. You, exactly. <laughs> one of, they one killed of, the guy. Practically one of your like founding fathers, one of your like possibly one of your Mount Rushmore's of Impact over the last 20 years. And you just killed the man. They killed him. They killed him, James. Duke. Oh my God! Yeah. You. Oh my God! You killed uh, Ey. You bastard! Crazy man. They killed Eric Young. So they they have definitely voted him off TV. He's not a supernatural character, so I don't expect him to come back anytime soon. I'm sure this was a way to just have him leave Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I th- I think so because. Um, the rumor mill is swirling that he could potentially be going back to uh, 
WWE. Oh, Hunter. Yeah, Hunter's, Hunter's trying to sign everybody. Trying to find something to do with Eric Young. Mm-hmm. Do you think Sanity is coming back? Hmm. Not so much Sanity. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing him in uh, the Wyatt Six. The Wyatt's oh Eric Young and the Wyatt Six yeah I, I wouldn't if mind he's that. Uncle Howdy and they just never signed him and we're like <laughs> what if this is all a contractual thing and we were waiting for Eric Young to get out of Impact so, so we could we make him Uncle Howdy so they would have they been stringing this thing along because Triple H hasn't hired the guy to to be Uncle Howdy yet yeah is he. I could see him probably as Uncle Howdy, or I could see him just as one of like the regular members. Yeah. Either I way, would... though, I think I think Eric Young and Bray Wyatt together is amazing. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. That'd be a good. That'd be a nice little combination right there. I'd be excited for that. In other Impact news, Mickey James is challenging. Well, Jordan Grace has challenged rather Mickey James for the Impact Knockout Swims Championship. Um, the crazy thing about it is that Mickey James is kind of on a Ric Flair streak for anybody that doesn't keep up with Impact Wrestling. She's on like that Ric Flair story where she'll, if she loses a match, she'll retire. Mm-hmm. So she's just been having this big one streak that's going to lead to this big goodbye for whoever's supposed to retire Mickey James. So it's hard to kill Jordan Grace has challenged her for the world title. I'm a little back and forth about this because... Do we think she wins the title at Hard to Kill? Because I have, like, in any other world, I would think Jordan Grace is retiring Mickey James. But the fact that it's at a regular impact pay-per-view kind of throws me off. I think that it's going to... I think this is where it ends. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah, I think this is where it ends for Mickey. She's been on that hot streak for a, a while now. And she has other aspirations of doing other things. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it really I don't think it really matters to Mickey where she retires at. Okay. I just think that this is, you know, she's already got a stable enough career as it is. She's gone. She's a Hall of Famer without question. Absolutely. And she's always been she's always striking me as the type that doesn't mind giving back. Mm-hmm. If, and if that means mm-hmm. just losing on a regular pay-per-view as your send off, then I think, she, I think she would actually do that because mm. it puts Jordan up on a pedestal. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it if she lost here. Okay. All right. Real quick, before I get some little new Japan news, give me real quick, your top five indie women's wrestlers. <clears throat> top five. As far indie. as like momentum right now, like who are the hottest five? Just not like AEW, not not uh, WWE. Jordan Grace is definitely up there. Um, indie indie wrestling. Yeah. Jordan Jordan Grace is definitely up there. Um, who's who's old chick that Mickey just fought last? Um, Deanna Perazzo. Yeah, Deanna Perazzo's up there. Masha Slamovich, definitely. Um, those are the th- I, I can't name five. Those are the three that come to mind. Yeah, I was I, just about to say that. When you start getting into four and five, it gets a little 
He's it a little get, hazy. It gets a little chompy. Yeah, especially since they just signed Willow. That might have been. And Willow's not a bad signing either. No, no. I've been watching Willow for, for months. Willow's, Willow's quite nice. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like she could have a lot more character. But I do get the appeal. It's very like early Bailey, you know? Yes. So it's, it's I get it. Willow's not a bad sign. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, Jordan is high up on that list. I think Deanna's high up on that list. I think... I think Mosh is obviously on that list for me. I'm totally biased. Would we lump NXT in with that, or are we just leaving that under the WWE umbrella? I keep that under WWE. Okay. I mean, I see why you would go there, but I think another one on my list, I'm looking... Um, well, Taya Valkyrie, I consider Impact Wrestling. So I guess Taya. Mm-hmm. I feel like Taya still has a lot of because she's such a vet, right? But she, mm-hmm. I, I look at her in the main stages like AEW and WWE, and I see so much she could still do. Yeah. And how much further she could still go, you know, even though she's already practically uh, a veteran in the industry. I see yeah. Taya Valkyrie, and maybe as a fifth, um, Holly Dead. Because I feel like Holly Dead doesn't get enough. She doesn't get enough credit. Like she's she's so good, but you never see her anywhere. She just got on Wow. I think this is her first season on Wow, and she's doing good over there. But the fact that she was a tag team with Thunder Rosa and Holly Dead has been kind of nowhere. But um, the minor indies and MLW is kind of frustrating for me because I know how good she is when, when she's live. I was going to say Tasha Steeles, too. Tasha Steeles, I've seen live, too. Also great. Former Knockouts Women's Champion. I was surprised she got it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, huge. Like, she was. she's impressive, though. Like, I, you get it. Yeah. When you see her live, you get it. Like, it's... It's a it's a thing. She has something that um, a lot of other women wrestlers don't have. There's a certain it. There's a yeah. certain connection there. So Tasha Steeles could be on that list as well. All right. The little bit of New Japan news I got because I'm biased and I've been keeping up with the New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Juniors Tag Cup strictly for the bad child, the man of the hour, the 25, 26, 25, 26. 26-year-old piece of gold? Yeah, 26. Leo Rush. And him and Yo, Leo's just joined Chaos recently. Yeah. Him and Yo are tied for second with the Kingdom, Mm -hmm. um, TJP, and uh, TJP's tag partner, whose name escapes me at the moment. Sitting at number one currently is the Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. But I'm rooting for Yo and Leo Rush. Uh, I know they just had a banger of a match together. I think they beat Bullet Club, but in points, Bullet Club still is higher than them. Yeah. So here's the hoping that 
they continue to win because they've been on a win streak. I haven't seen them lose yet. So here's the Leo Rush and Yo of Chaos. It's a battle of factions down there for another for the number one spot between Bullet Club, Chaos, and the Kingdom. But if you're if you're in the, if you're in the New Japan wrestling, if you're wondering where you can find some really good matches, the six of those teams of the six of those guys have been putting on some really spectacular matches. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. for New Japan. Uh, Carl Anderson is going to be at the show December 14th defending the uh, never open weight title against Haiku. Oh, okay. So they're going to, WWE's letting him fly back to Japan and defend it. But he also has more dates with New Japan that he had already committed to. I think the so, door is open between the two of them. Yeah. And between the stuff Machine Gun Carl Anderson is doing. And the things they're doing for the great Muda, mm-hmm. I think, I think they're, I think they're, they're opening the lines of communication. Yeah, so do I, and I think this is strictly because Hunter's running the show. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And the fact that they're actually letting Carl work the December fourteenth date and the dates he had already committed to back when he was in Impact mm-hmm. that just speaks volumes right there. Don't be surprised if next year I have a theory. Don't be surprised next year if Triple H has Survivor Series be their interpromotional event. With New Japan? With New Japan. I could see it. I could see, hey, give me your top five from Mm -hmm. New Japan and stardom. Because, mind you, that's stardom is where Oscars came from. Stardom is where Kairi Sane is. Or even stardom and stardom in New Japan in tandem because... Kairi Sane is their first IWGP Women's Champion. Yeah, and you got the people that have been there before. You got Asuka. You have um, Io Sky. You got you got quite a few people that have been over there. Yeah, so don't be surprised next year if Survivor Series, uh, a, whether it's War Games or not, is WWE versus New Japan Pro Wrestling. Honestly, I hope they keep it War Games. I hope they keep it War Games, too. I'm honestly not as interested in the traditional Survivor Series match. The War Games matches seem a, a lot more interesting to me, especially with especially with the potential of the turncoat stories that mm-hmm. could be implemented and that New Japan strong style. Yeah. And a and a place like a War Games match, it's there's so much you could do. Mm-hmm. There's so much you could do. Especially with people like a Okada or like a Jay White. Yeah, and the Man. people they could launch, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And they don't even have to go far. If the cards are right and you're keeping champions out of it, I wouldn't mind seeing WWE's Bullet Club versus New, Japan's New Japan's Bullet Club, Bullet Club or New Japan, um, New Japan Chaos versus WWE Bullet Club or whatever they want to do it. Mm-hmm. I think they could do amazing things with the people that have been in both of those companies. Yeah. So, I would, don't be surprised, guys. Uh, but moving on from New Japan, uh, Duke, you are taking on the AEW news, man. Yeah, I'm going to take on these uh, this AEW news. First things first, small news, but kind of exciting, at least for me. Juice Robinson has officially signed with AEW, and I think that's a great pickup for them. Yeah, I think Juice has come out of 
the funk of NXT mm-hmm. tremendously. And Fenjuice was doing so well, but it seems like they're at a place to part ways. Yeah. So I wouldn't be upset about Juice getting a good run in AEW. Now, I don't know if this is... I don't know if this is an AEW thing per se, because I've ha- I'm also having a theory about AEW that some of the new signings they have that aren't as high level are probably strictly for ROH's development because they're getting a TV deal soon and you kind of have to build that roster. Yeah, you kind of got to build your... Um... You kind of got to start getting the people and building the people that you want just strictly for that. Exactly. And I think, I think that's where Juice is going to thrive at more on the ROH side of things as opposed to the AEW side. Exactly. I feel like AEW is so flashy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like essentially ROH will be AEW's SmackDown. Yeah. Like where the real wrestlers, you know, where it's just pure pro wrestling again. Mm-hmm. It's like what AEW wanted and then sidetracked from. Yeah. ROH is going to get back to just the essence of the art of how good somebody wrestles and how good somebody's character is rather mm-hmm. than the big, you know, flashiness of the stages and everything else. And ROH will be a lot closer to the style of TV that fits Juice Robinson and Samoa Joe and uh, Claudio Castagnoli, just the pure wrestling guys. Yeah. I wouldn't mind him re-signing. I can't remember his ending name, but Cassius Ono. Oh, Chris Chris Hero. Hero. I wouldn't re- I wouldn't mind him re-signing Chris Hero for ROH either. I think Chris I feel Hero. like Chris Hero anywhere else is failing. But I feel like Chris Hero has a lot of potential at ROH as a re-sign to get somewhere significant. You know who else I think would be good, but you probably can't get him because he's already tied up elsewhere? Mm. Davey Richards. Yeah. I love Davey Richards on ROH. Mm-hmm. Man, what a fucking, oof, what a force, dude. Yeah. And he's just as good as he's ever been. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all. Well, on the topic of people who are being signed and being brought in, we had a return with Hangman Adam Page. And I guess they're going to run the him and Moxley feud again, which, um, Gotta be honest, not not thrilled for. Why won't they let Mox go on his honeymoon? <laughs> why why are we doing this? <laughs> why can't my man just go on his honeymoon? And he just wants to break? leave and take a break, man. Why are y'all doing this to my guy? Every time he's out the door, man, y'all pull him back in. Literally, my man has one foot out the door. He can finally take the burden off of his back, and then you bring him back in for another burden. Yeah, man. After he had the regal thing where he told him to walk, he should have went off TV for a while. Yeah. That should have been their last interact. I'm pissed about losing my belt. I'm pissed about regal turning on me. I'll spare your life as long as you walk away forever and don't come back. 
And I'm going to take a freaking break because I got to recover from this heartbreak and this tragic turn of events. Mm -hmm. Easily written off TV. Yep. And here he is again, reigniting a feud we've already seen. And a feud we didn't really care for. I didn't care to see it. I mean, what is this even for? You know, who benefits from this? That That's my question, because it, nobody's going to come out of this better than they, they did going before. in. Yeah, like... It's a pointless feud with nothing attached to it. He just showed up, got in his face, and they started fighting. They're fighting for the toughest guy in AEW. Which is really not even a question. Like, it's really not a question. Yeah. Hangman can feel however he wants to feel about it and tell whoever backstage about it that he wants to and go into business for himself. But Moxley is the toughest guy in AEW. It's it's Mox. Mm -hmm. More than likely. He is their Stone Cold. Yeah. So I'm not entirely thrilled about this feud. I'm just... I'm at that stage where you gotta just... Get it over with. Yeah. So, this I'd, is one of those that's like, it's calm me when it's over. Yeah. So it's it's not. Let it's not my man go away. <laughs> that's the that's that's the rant of the week. Let my Please. man go away. Let, let him go, man. Please let Mox go home, man. Uh -huh. Jesus. We, we, we can make it a month without Mox. We can. We can make it. That's why we put the butt on MJF. Mm -hmm. Tony, we, we can make it a month. We can make it a month, two months, three months might be a long time. But like two months at least, give Mox off to just recover. Mm. You know, he's never going to lose momentum. He's no, going to come back and he's still going to be Mox. Yeah, he's still going to be Mox. He's still going to do his thing. And like you said, this is why they put the belt on MJF. But That's the main steer the ship. Speaking of MJF. Yes. What did you think of that custom Burberry belt? Um, I don't care for it. <laughs> I I was honestly kind of disappointed. Like it's very okay. MJF to get a Burberry belt, but it didn't look impressive. You know, no. when you see the new belt coming, you think big. Mm -hmm. uh, I think belt reveals. I think John Cena. I think when they realized the John Cena thing was terrible, so they went with the Rock's design. I think about, I think about, you know, I think about the unification belt, the undisputed title when they did the that world title. I think about all the iterations of the IC title. And this was just not quite enough. Like, I, people have had custom belts. Edge has had custom belts. Rock has had custom belts. Stone Cold has had custom belts. And both have changed color. But even the Burberry design on it doesn't seem amazing. Like, yeah, it could have been brighter. I feel like maybe Burberry didn't sign off on it, so they didn't complete the design. They just kind of shaded it into the background. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and it just looks, it looks like a, it looks like a big-ass Band-Aid. Yeah, it just, it doesn't look great, man. It looks ugly. Yeah. It looks it, like... It looks like it's good, but it's not. It's, it's it certainly looks, not an improvement. It's yeah. not a direction I would have wanted to go. It's it looks like, good, but it looks bad. It's like Shawn Michaels tights at, at the Elimination Chamber SummerSlam. Yeah. The Brown Jones with no real, like, mm -hmm. you just go like, I, 
He's still Shawn Michaels, but you didn't have to do that. Those weren't the best choice. No, not at all. You know, that's how I feel about the belt. Like, that's the change you made. You, uh, All right. Like, <laughs> like I'm not going to tell you I'm happy about it, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Yeah, so he gets his new belt. Regal's there to bestow it upon him. And then almost instantly, Regal gets turned on by MJF. Literally a week after he just said he loves MJF. And I'll tell you the most confusing thing is had the rumors not come out, this would have made no sense to me. Absolutely. Like, they seemed like they were going to go on such a good route until this happened. So until the rumors came out, I was very like... What the hell was the point? Yeah. Yeah. I was Because it's already a big risk that... There's a group out here called the Blackpool Combat Club that he basically turned his back on. Mm-hmm. So that's weird, especially since they didn't implode immediately. Yeah. Because you kind of figure the group, well, the group is dead now, but they're like still together. So that's weird. Which, but- is, which is crazy because I feel like now, after all this has happened, Blackpool Combat Club is going to be one of the biggest wastes of 2022. And the craziest part about it is they had every reason to just blow it up. Mm -hmm. Like Wheeler was upset at Danielson Um, prior to the MJF match. Mox and Yuta were hanging out a lot, but Claudio Mm -hmm. wasn't always around. Yeah. Claudio was kind of stuck in limbo uh, with his thing with uh, Jericho. So... With that happening and Daniel and Claudio versus Jericho and Sam Guevara, that night you had the perfect opportunity to just leave it all where it was mm-hmm. and kill it. Like Regal yep. turned on Mox. I'm fighting Claudio. Yuda hates me. This whole thing is dead in the water. Yeah. But y'all kept everybody together afterwards so it's like i mean the rumor could the rumor really is that nobody knows anything but people are talking Mm -hmm. conversations are being had yeah which essentially means nothing you know nothing's on paper nothing's official Mm -hmm. but there is talks that he could be leaving to wwe or not be leaving to wwe they say that he signed a three-year contract and he's only done one year. Some say he did one year with the option to continue. Where is your head at as what the best decision is and where we're probably headed? I think that he's done personally because a lot of people are starting to see how this new company is under the Hunter, under the Hunter leadership. Yeah, And they're starting to see how much of a clusterfuck AEW is turning into. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are trying to either get stuff fixed for themselves in AEW or they're trying to jump ship. And I think Regal's at that point where he's not so much jumping ship, but he's just going back to where he was. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's going to go back into NXT 
Not exactly sure if he's going to be on screen or just backstage, like a mm-hmm. producer role. But I think that's ultimately where he's going to end up is back in the NXT realm. I'll tell you in my ideal world, I feel like they do a draft after Mania. Mm-hmm. And after the draft in Mania, they appoint general managers. One being Adam Pierce, one being William Regal. That would be what I would want to do because it's already December. He's off of TV. Not bad. Do Mania. Mania's in April. That's mm-hmm. a lot of time for Regal to just be at home or uh, behind the scenes producing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you bring him back in April. And people like almost you it's enough time for people to forget. I'd put him on SmackDown. I would put him on SmackDown as well. And I if Roman's on SmackDown, that's where I, I would put uh Regal. Mm. I feel like him and Paul would have some interesting interactions. Yeah. And I, I and that's why I say it. Because there's people that you could draft to SmackDown that would work with Regal. You already you, there's the history there with him and Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Roman and Paul would do great stuff. So there's there's just a number of people that are already on SmackDown that would benefit Regal. So I feel like Regal is just the GM on SmackDown, uh, kind of tame. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, that Regal was cool for the Blackpool Combat Club, but Unchained Regal is kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he might He's need not- a paper in front of him. Like he- yep. No discredit to Regal. He's amazing on the mic. He always has been, but um, he's better with paper currently. Yeah, he need, he he needs he definitely needs more structure. Yeah, so I wouldn't mind him just going back to being the general manager for SmackDown because he's 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 lovely. I want to see him on TV, but I don't need a lot of you. You know? Yeah, just it's just a sprinkle. Yeah, it's like seeing Lil Nate. Rough a match. So, oh, oh yeah, you know. Well, oh, okay, good, good, good to see you. We don't need to see you for every match, but good to see you. Good to nice see you. To, nice to know you're still here. Yeah. So but that's that's where, I, that's where I stand on that. And that's pretty much all my AEW news. Not too much to report on for that. So, with that being said, we can kick it over to you for the WWE portion. All right. Before I start, real quick, I know it's big for me and nobody else. But Bow Wow and Jade are getting into a thing. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, it's not big for everybody. You know, I know it's not huge for anyone in particular, unless you're a Bow Wow fan. But I'm interested. I mean, I don't know. Especially because for Bow Wow to debut in AEW, I didn't think one of the biggest dogs he would cha- he would challenge is Jade Cargo. <laughs> and I well, didn't think the angle would be um, the guy that's like, yo, let me holler. And she's like, I got a man. And he's like, I don't care. I didn't expect that to be the storyline here. And I don't really know what the payoff is. <laughs> look, um, as far as Bow Wow goes in wrestling, <laughs> a lot of people might not see the reasoning of having Bow Wow around. But 
it's 2022. It's about to be 2023. Other mm-hmm. people are fans of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Celebrities are fans of wrestling. So if you're a fan, just like we are, and you're interested in it and you want to work at it, mm-hmm. I have, I'm starting to get to the point where I don't have any problems if celebrities want to jump in every now and then and give it a shot. I mean, they're fans, and if they're going to bust their ass and work and train, mm-hmm. give them a shot and see what they can do. I mean, they're- take it like this, guys. Bow Wow has been training with Rikishi. Yeah. So he's going to know how to do a super kick and a Simone toss. And I don't know if he's getting Jade up that high. No, no. But the, it, it, he he's going to know what he's doing, for one. And for two, think of it like this. WWE has Logan Paul and Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. The least AEW can do is get Bow Wow. That's the least they can do. If Westside Gun and Wale won't step in the ring, mm-hmm. you can at least get Bow Wow. You know, you got to do something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, and like I, like you said, if it, if they're going to train and bust their ass, it's, it's worth it. They're going to bring more eyes to the product anyway. And exactly. Exactly. What's the, what's the harm in having more eyes on the product? And AEW is essentially WCW in the way that AEW is pop culture. Yes. It is. It is cool, essentially. Mm-hmm. In today's in today's world, I mean WWE is, is is killer right now. Yeah, but the like cool hip new thing is AEW. Mm-hmm. So Bow Wow coming over there brings a lot of that demographic. Yeah, to the TV or the demographic of of twenty some year olds. I think it's eighteen to thirty. Right, that's the demographic. Mm, for for Bow Wow, I, I'd say Bow Wow's got kind of got the. 18 might be too young. I, I'll 18 say might like, be too young. I, I'll say like the 25 to 35. 25 to 35. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 25 to 35. So he's bringing, he's bringing at least a half or a quarter of the demographic that they're aiming for in. Yeah. So, you know, it's fun, you know, and we can't act like we didn't watch the Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy versus when it came out. So it's going to, it's going to bring eyes. Like it, it, he just completed a tour that was sold out. Um, so you you tell me who wouldn't want to see like Mike in a in a wrestling ring? I would. I would love yeah. to see it. I would love to see because you know what spot I'm gonna pop for? Bow Wow jumping off the top rope and Jade catching him. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop so hard for that. That is gonna be hilarious. Yes, I'm gonna be out of my seat. So that's the last little thing I want to talk about. If you're a Bow Wow fan, if you're interested in seeing a very small rapper um, try to fight a very a very large Amazonian woman, it is it's definitely going to be something hilarious. The storyline might be trash and straight out of a Philly textbook, but it is going to be hilarious. It's going to be hilarious. Yes. All right. And with that, I move on to the seriousness of WWE news. And we're going to get down... First and foremost, uh, first and foremost, let me say that right, to some hard justice. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to NXT and talk about the return of Dominic Dijakovic yes. to the NXT roster. Are you excited about Dominic Dijakovic returning? A, a little bit, yeah. Um, but I honestly think this is probably going to be his last shot. 
just and not for anything he's done, but just because of how many times they've tried to repackage and re-image him when there was nothing wrong with him in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That that's where I stand on it. Yeah. And even this in itself is not the original Dijakovic. This is no. a altered form with a character and a motive mm. that's a little played out, but also fits for that. NXT demographic. Yeah. Because NXT, oddly enough, kind of goes by a very Vince McMahon 80s fashion in the way that everybody's an exaggerated character. Mm -hmm. But they try to have the in-ring skills closer to modern day. Yeah, like all the characters are very like Vince McMahon old days over the top, like well, macho man, like Ted to be like extra characters. They're very over. They're very overdone. Yeah, but look who's also running NXT right now. That's true. Somebody who most somebody who was from that time and era. Mm-hmm. Somebody who was from the late eighties and the nineties. With the British Bulldogs and the Bret Hart's. And mm-hmm. You're right. You're very right. So it's it's just interesting to see what Sean's vision of NXT is. Because I trust the work that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Though it's not as... It feels much more developmental than Triple H's NXT. Yeah. Triple H's NXT, I think, personally, was more TV-oriented. Yeah, and it was very, it was very, even though he said it was developmental, it still felt very, this is my show, how I would run it if I had full control. It wasn't necessarily developmental in the sense that you're just trying to take the young guys and make them better. Yeah, it was, and it was developmental in the sense of. These are the guys I feel like should be on TV. And this is the show I would run. And this is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hunters felt more like the developing is going to happen behind the scenes. Yeah. And with Sean, it actually feels like the development, you, you're you seeing the development on, on TV. screen. Yes. Yeah. Like these are the guys you can watch the matches. You can see who's learning what, mm-hmm. who's getting better, who to keep an eye. It's like college it's like college ball for me. Yeah. It, it's like that, that's the going perfect there, example. It's like go college there football. You, Cause I watch it and I go there and I scout. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really care for the stories. I don't really care for, you know, I'm looking at who's good in their promo and who's mm-hmm. good in their match. I'm basically just scouting my people to keep an eye on. Yeah. That's and- gonna be somebody when they get called up, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm, but yeah, I'm excited. Hard justice, Dominic Dajakovic is there. Hopefully, he does some great things. They do need more people for Braun Breaker, even though I feel like Braun Breaker is getting out of there soon. Yeah, but they need more people that feel like they can ascend to the top. Because right now it's just Carmelo Hayes. Grayson Waller is great, not a world champion. No, they've been trying Jordan Devlin for months. I feel like. And I love Jordan Devlin, and I feel like in any other sense, he's a world champion, but not quite here. Yeah. Um, I think there there's still stuff to be done with 
my guy from NXT UK. Um, even oh my Ga- goodness. Even Gacy still needs some work. Even Gacy still needs a little bit of work, especially since they just brought in the Rock's daughter. That's mm-hmm. got to develop a little bit more. That's yeah. got to cook. Yeah, Gacy's, I think Gacy has at least like another year and a half. I was going to say the same thing. Gacy's got at least another year to cook mm-hmm. before he's ready. To so, even think about coming up. To even think about coming up. But when he does come up, I think it's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. I think Triple H is going to know exactly what to do with him. Mm-hmm. But I think he needs that extra year to cook and just fine-tune this this faction, fine-tune this purpose, fine-tune this character mm-hmm. before he can really step to some people and come up with great stories. Yeah. So, yeah, everybody needs time to cook, but Braun feels ready because all he needs is character. It's literally all he needs is character. Because right now he's just the big dog beating everybody. He's just Goldberg out there. Yep. He needs some sort of extra thing. But I feel like Dijakovic, with his character and his time and his his years in, he's going to be able to kind of help some of the young guys, which is always nice, mm-hmm. kind of figure out how to bring it to that next step. So I'm, I'm happy he's in there. Moving out of NXT, I'm trying to look at these things on my list and develop which ones are probably less important. Let's talk about Dexter Loomis and this storyline finally ending. Yes, thank you. Dexter Loomis has beaten the Miz, choked him out, got his contract, got his money. Johnny's still his dad, apparently. (laughs) And... Uh, this is over. Thank thank goodness this is over. Yeah, I was going to say, they're really keeping Loomis, not Loomis, they're really keeping that Gargano family that was in NXT. They're still kind of keeping it together a little bit because he's still interacting with Johnny. Um, he's still probably going to scare, wind up scaring the crap out of Theory from time to time. And he was just at the NXT house show. Yeah. And reunited with Indy Hartwell and mm. they, kiss, they they kissed in the ring and all that stuff. So I, I guess technically he's still married to Indy. It's in the lore. It's in the lore. They're going to yeah. pull it up. The way mm-hmm. is coming back. It's going to yeah. be a thing again. It won't have Austin Theory, but no. it's going to be a thing again. I definitely see a Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory at a SummerSlam as like mm-hmm. a big, a big story of like a full circle thing. I see it. It's in the cards. I don't think they've given up on the way, but they've definitely decided that Austin Theory can't really be a part of it. Yeah. For the trajectory of his career. You know but what I, I just noticed? Johnny's like comfortable in a comedic space. This is random, but I, I just realized this. Yeah. Where the hell is Tommaso? I think he's injured. I think he's at home injured. Okay. I think he like okay. broke his hand or something. Okay. Yeah, I think in that spot where Loomis tried to pull him down, like a hand placement went wrong and he broke his hand. So I think oh, it's okay. home. Yeah, but I, sh- I I expect him back for the Rumble. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a serious thing. Otherwise, we would have known why he's off TV this long. Yeah. So I think it's just, it might be a thing to separate him from the Miz. Um, or it could be because his hand is broke. It could be both. You know what I'm saying? It could be mm-hmm. both. But I expect them back for the Rumble. I'm okay with them being on TV because I still feel like Triple H is finding everyone's place on the card still. 
he's trying to make everybody important, but there's just there's some adjustments that still need to be made. So he's still trying to figure it out because who called Hit Row coming back and immediately being the jobbers of the tag division? Yeah. So I'm sure Triple H sees that as like, oh, man, all right, I got to really be on point about where everybody's spot is before I just bring everybody back. Yeah. So I think Tommaso taking that time off of TV, just like Shayna disappearing for a while, mm-hmm. was like a choice to be like, all right, we got to find where you fit before I just put you in important. Because I can give you all the important matches in the world, but a thousand people having great matches and AEW doesn't bring them up a level. No. It just kind of establishes that everybody there can wrestle, but it doesn't yeah. do anything for you, you know? And I think he sees the flaw in that. So now he's like, all right, I got to bring some people back and find their place before I just let them on TV, mm-hmm. which I think is a great plan. If everyone has an arc, then you can kind of do whatever you want because you know where everyone's headed. Yeah. So I'm not against that. Off of Loomis, I want to talk about the Tegan Knox return. I'm jumping around because I'm doing it in order of importance. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Tegan Knox return. Damage control, SmackDown, Liv Morgan comes out. They have an interaction. She sees the numbers are unfair. She says, forget it. I'm going anyway. Mm-hmm. And who shows up to help her? None other than Tegan Knox. Well, Raquel also, but Tegan Knox. <clears throat> yeah. Um. I called this. Hate to be the one to say I told you so, but I called this. I was <laughs> just free, man. I was just a week off because mm-hmm. I thought she was going to be the fifth person in the war games in the match war- because of the history with Dakota Kai. Right. So I thought she was coming back for war games. Turns out I was wrong and she came back the next Friday. Mm. So I was right. I was just off a week. Okay. Gotcha. Well, you were, well, you're definitely right. I'm surprised she's with Liv. I'm surprised she decided to ditch her old gimmick and pick up Jeff Hardy's 2000 gimmick. (laughs) But I'm not totally against it. No, I mean, look, we all, everybody knows who Tia Knox is. They know she was a little out there anyway. You know, know, she's got all the weird tattoos. She's shiniest wizard, Lady Kane. I mean, Everybody knew she was a little bit out there, so this this really isn't a surprise. So I'm happy. I'm happy for her comeback. Hopefully, she does great things. It always feels like Tegan Knox is on the verge of something, and then the rug is pulled out from under her. Yeah, and I think I think that's more because of her injury history. Like she she really gets when she gets hurt, she gets hurt hurt. Yeah, it's never it's never like a small thing. Yeah, she's yeah. That that's definitely something that's not in her favor is and th- and that was before she even got here, right? Because she had a career threatening injury before on the she really got signed. Yeah, yeah, right when she was about to get signed. Yeah, uh, I think it was her ACL, if I'm not mistaken. And then she got the NXT, injured her knee, was out for like a year and a half, I think. Came mm-hmm. back, was here for three weeks, and then injured her other knee, and was out again for almost a whole year. Mm. So I mean she's got she's got two bad knees, but I mean she's she's charismatic and you know she can work. So 
as long as she can stay healthy, man, I think she's got great potential. That's all it is. As long mm-hmm. as she can stay healthy. That's li- that's literally the one thing working against her is her durability. Mm-hmm. All right. Tegan Knox comes back. Let's talk about, we talk about hard justice. We talk about Tegan Knox. We talk about Dexter Loomis. In order of importance, give me your thoughts on KO, and I hate to put the bloodline not last, but we're going to do it this week. Give me your thoughts on KO breaking the ties with Sami Zayn. But first, give me your thoughts on there being no more cracks in the bloodline. It's beautiful. I mean, come on. How can who doesn't love Sammy? It doesn't it just warm your heart? It like, does. It's it's like a family come together. Roman painted the perfect picture, mm-hmm. brought Sammy in. And Sammy proved himself. Mm-hmm. We're not going to address Sammy lying to Jay's face, but, you know, Sammy's officially in the family now. Yeah. Did you, uh, we didn't get to talk about it on air. How do you feel? How did you feel when that Jay hug happened after he served up KO in the war chamber? I was like, it's about damn time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's literally what I said as I was watching the pay-per-view and seeing the hug happen I was like it's about damn time so let's freaking go now that now there's only one more thing they gotta do mm. what's that they gotta get Solo to hug him they gotta get Solo to hug him because Solo don't move Solo just Solo, stand there with Solo's his too cool man Solo's too cool nah we, we need a we need a hug from Solo now Solo Solo's Solo's the major tough guy or at least, or at least, give him a little dab or something. Yeah, toughest guy in the group is is young young guy Solo Sko. Uh, But I love it. I love the dynamic between all of them. I love that they finally come together. It was mm-hmm. the plot twist we were not expecting. Everyone gets along. Yeah, Sammy is has officially turned on Kevin Owens. And just it just it couldn't exactly and and say that say that last part again. Sammy finally turned on Kevin Owens. Who would have not Kevin turning on Sammy like it always is? Mm -hmm. Sammy turned on Kevin. Who would have thought? And he he seemed like he was about to cry. Yeah, like holding back tears as he served up Kevin to Jay. Mm -hmm. But after that hug, it was like, oh man. Mm-hmm. We on to something now. Yeah. This took a turn I wasn't expecting, but I am so for it. Because I'm not ready to see the bloodline break up, man. No, me neither. I can see this going. Let them go it's for like... Cra- it's crazy that Roman is two years in, mm-hmm. but I still feel like the bloodline is the best story. And, and it's, not, it's not stale. And it's not stale. I'm not tired of it. No. You can keep this going, man. Let him, go, let him go another 800 days. I, yeah, I don't care. It's been two years, but I, honestly, like it's been some of the best two years of writing for, uh-huh. for TV. To have the best story on TV for two years is, is a feat. Yeah. And it's so uh, to the point where the only person they can bring in for you besides Cody Rhodes is The Rock. Is it a brilliant and every single person in the bloodline is, is significant? Mm-hmm. And relevant in some shape or form. I'm not sick of anybody. It's crazy. No. It's it, crazy. It's, it's weird because normally at this time, 
with an all heel faction, it does tend to get stale pretty quick. It does. But I think the fact that you have probably the hottest face right now with Sami Zayn. Yes. In a faction of all heels and everybody loves him. To, to a point where they don't even hate the heel anymore. Yeah, it's like, I think Paul Heyman said it best. He was the guy who came in for a guest spot on the TV show and ended up becoming a recurring cast member and a main star of the show. Here's a line for you. Sami Zayn has become the bloodline's Steve Urkel. Yeah. They were family matters. <laughs> and he was the crazy neighbor that mm-hmm. ended up taking over the show. Yeah. That's literally what it Sammy is. Sami Zayn, Steve Urkel. He has infiltrated the bloodline and, and he's become their most valued member currently. Yeah, he's right now, he's he's probably the second most important talent in the entire company right now next to Roman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's crazy to say that. Yeah, like if you would have said two years from now Sami Zayn's going to be the number two guy in the company, I would have said probably not. I would have said you're crazy. You're crazy. You're and, now, crazy. and look at him now out here Sammy thriving. Zane? Yeah. Stop it. Sami Zayn's never been never it, been close to top guy. Yeah. Not Since even in NXT. Yeah, and the one a, time he was top guy in NXT, it lasted a day. <laughs> Kevin Owens power bombed his brains out. Uh huh. <laughs> and he was never NXT champion again. Yeah, he was NXT champ for what, like a day? A day? No, not a day. He was a champ for like a week, for a month. But his reign fell over almost immediately because he won that night, and then Kevin Owens power bombed him on the apron. Yeah, and it was immediately like, oh. It's Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. All the momentum Sammy had went immediately to Kevin Owens. Yeah. And then it was just like Kevin, Sammy was never serious again. So this is, to, yeah, to, to you said it right. To say it two years ago, Sammy Zayn is going to be number two guy in the company. I would have looked at you like you were crazy. I would have mm-hmm. looked at you like you were telling me Dolph Ziggler was going to be undisputed champion. <laughs> like, yeah, right. No, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but but he's done it, man, and it's it's incredible. All right, so part two of the question. Tell me how you feel about Kevin Owens' uh, speech on Monday night and him completely cutting friendship ties with Sami Zayn. He said, I don't want anything to do with you at all. I don't want to fight you. I don't want to ride with you. I don't want to sit next to you. I want nothing to do with you. You got to do it, man. You got to cut the ties, bro. He had to do it. I mean, it breaks your heart, but it had to be done. It felt fourth wall breaking. Really? Yeah, because you got to think about it. Like, imagine, because I'll put it this way. It felt fourth wall breaking in the way that it's something I don't think I've ever seen anybody do before. Like, okay, it, if, you, if you're a kid, if you if you were somebody our age, like we're we're like twenty twenty, I'm twenty six. Yeah, um, you twenty five. Yeah. So for the kids in like mid twenties, 
to, to, I'm sorry anybody that wasn't there to watch this, but to take it back to like, do you remember Drake and Josh? Yeah. And one episode, Josh just goes, I'm done, I'm done with you. Yeah. He's like, I'm just done. I don't, I, I, I'm not mad at you. I just, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And it was like heartbreaking. Like yeah. it was like, man, like, mm-hmm. so it was fourth wall breaking in the way that I've never seen two heated rivals get to a place where they're like, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Like imagine Austin and rock getting to a place where they're like, I don't even want to talk to you. Like this whole thing we've been mm-hmm. doing over the it's, it's done. Yeah. I don't need a last thing. I don't need closure. I'm just going to walk away. Yep. Like, He's like, I'm just done. It's like Triple H beating the hell out of Sean. And Sean just being like, good. I'm done. I'm done. There's no big match. There's no blow off. I'm just done with you. Mm-hmm. And we're just never going to do this again. Yeah. It was like, whoa. Like mm-hmm. I've never I've never seen two rivals do that before. And I don't think this is over. I definitely think they're gonna do this again. Yeah. But just just the fact that I never even thought it was possible mm-hmm. for for someone to just do I was it was it was like I was looking around like, can he do that? Can he just <laughs> end the rivalry that way? Can he can people do that? And people just disassociate disassociate themselves on the biggest rivalry they've ever had. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it, it definitely is a crazy time. But um, I thought that was nuts. And I think the bloodline is one of the best stories on TV still. Yeah. But I do think there's two important things we should end with even though the bloodline is what we always end with, because these two things are significant in two very different ways. Yep. First thing I want to get to is Ricochet on SmackDown winning the SmackDown World Cup. Well, it's good to see somebody from the U.S. actually win a World Cup. (laughs) We did just get kicked out. We did just get kicked out. That was very disappointing. (laughs) That was very disappointing. But we don't know how to close, man. I mean, this isn't a soccer podcast, but we, we, they just don't know how to close. They know we we keep possession well. Yeah. But we just don't know how to close. Like, if we could have closed those first two games of the World Cup, we'd have been fine. Mm-hmm. And then we ran into somebody that actually, you know what I mean, hunkered down and just started kicking our ass. But um, that's for another day. But Ricochet wins the World Cup against Santos Escobar. And... I'm excited only because it means, oh, man, Ricochet gets a spotlight. He has some sort of commemorating piece indicating his importance. Mm -hmm. He actually closed the show. Like, this is big. Like, this is Ricochet getting a shot. Like, something I felt like he's never truly gotten since he's been here. His time as North American champ was great, but even then was like that was Man. probably the the height of Ricochet being here. Yeah, because he was what an IC champ for like three weeks or something right before Walter just came and destroyed him mm-hmm. and all of his credibility. So for him to win the World Cup is truly like I don't think he's beating Walter still, but. No. 
just the fact that we can reestablish how good Ricochet is and and that faith that we should have in him. Mm-hmm. You know, like before he gets to a Cesaro place. Oh, yeah, he might be. He, he just might be the new Cesaro. That's what I'm saying. So if they can stop it before it gets to that Cesaro place where it's like, yeah, he's been good. He's been good forever. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Let's let's stop that. Let's nip that in the butt and let's heighten the importance of who Ricochet is and what he can accomplish. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Did you feel like Ricochet was going to win going into it? Against Santos? Yeah, because I, it's, it's like you said, this man needed something and he's been one of the solidest workers that they've had. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really had his moment yet. Deserves it more than most people. So I, I was really, I was really hoping that they pulled the trigger and let him go. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're ever going to put Cedric and Ali back together? Cedric and Ali. Yeah, because I've been wondering what they're going to do because Ali was in this for a minute. Ced's been kind of wherever. Yeah, they. I think. Um... And I thought going into this, Ali was going to start getting a lot more credit, and that is not happening. You know what? I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Ali's gone within the next year. Oh, wow. Really? I th- yeah, I think he might be gone within the I next year. I think that's year. a him thing, though. I think if, if Ali is failing at any point for the rest of the year, it's kind of Ali's fault. Like, Ali well, is almost every chance in the book to get Well, I, I mean it in the sense of, like, you know how every April they do their budget their cuts. cuts. Yes. Um, and we know they come every year. It's 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 probably it's not going to be any different with Hunter. But I think Ali is going to be one of those people that are on the block. Mm. Possibly. And mm, I would say possibly Cedric, but I don't know. I think I, I have think, good. I got I have good hope that the hurt business. Yeah. Is back. I, so I think Cedric sticks around. But Ali, I think. Is definitely gone. Would be gone in 2023. I mean, and it would be a loss, but it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be totally broken up about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. He he'd be a guy you can you could see him pop up in AEW or something, or go to Impact. Yeah, or, like I'd be happy for you if you landed somewhere that was good. Yeah, but I, I would have about the same amount of stock in you there as I had at WWE. Yeah. So. But that's the thing. But Ricochet is one. Um, the Rocks boys won. Rey Mysterio's boys won. Mm-hmm. Um, these were both people they put stock. They put stock in Ricochet, and it's about time they started treating him like he has these cosines. Mm-hmm. Conan didn't put on all that work for nothing. <laughs> all right. The last thing I want to finish on is a very subtle changing of the guard or changing of the rule book i should say that happened on monday during that first hour that was commercial free Mm -hmm. going into raw and hearing that it was going to be a commercial free first hour i assumed a title match yeah and any avid wrestler's head if they're giving you a commercial free hour something's going down in this hour Mm mm-hmm and they essentially use the first hour to what I would hope is ending the feud between the Judgment Day and the OC. They kind of said it like this is going to be the thing. This is going to be the last one. This is it. 
which I'm fine with. I feel like AJ and Finn can go forever, but I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm fine with them ending it here, you know, because I'd only be watching for the matches at this point. I mean, they're great. The Everyone in the groups is great, but I kind of, you've told the story. Mm-hmm. So if it ends here, it ends here. They gave that first hour to end it, and they did the match that I thought they should have done at, at War Games. They did the OC versus Judgment, um, Day. Judgment Day, and they did the commercial free hash, half the commercial free hour to end the feud. But also, if you were if you watch closely, to kind of announce a changing of the rules. At two distinct moments in the match, Rhea Ripley's fighting a man. Uh-huh. And Mia Yim is putting hands on Finn Bout. Yeah. No tag in, tag out situation. They are letting these mixed tag matches go as mixed tag matches. The women are allowed to fight the men, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Hell this yeah. is groundbreaking. Uh-huh. And it should be the last thing we end on because this is it's very small now, but it 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 if you if you are a, an avid like where could this go like theorizer, this would go to a big place. This yeah. means this was kind of a, essentially a test run to see the audience reaction. I saw Twitter blowing up like, wait, yeah, the audience is it AM supposed to get in when Rhea Ripley tagged? Mm-hmm. And she didn't get in. Yeah, and no. They, they were kind of going like, crazy. Like, yeah. oh, snap. Like, they're she, fighting the men. Uh-huh. She was digging in the car. So this is this is very important, man. I like it. I'm here for it. This is this is Rhea Rumble. I, I guarantee Rhea Ripley's in the men's Rumble this year. Oh, yeah. Without question. I guarantee she's in the men's Rumble. Yeah. I, and I can already see how it's going to happen. So I think it's going to be that Judgment Day theme hits. And they're going to think it's like Priest or Dom or Finn or somebody. And it's going to be Rhea just walking out there. Mm-hmm. And she's and she's probably going to be in the ring with like a Chad Gable or something. Laying in. Mm-hmm. Laying and it she, in. And she's going to like, she's going to probably eliminate Chad Gable. Um, I'm trying to think who else could there be. Uh, basically anybody you can think of. Like she's she probably going to dig into Otis a little bit. She's probably going to dig into... You know, just whoever's in the ring. I think if Rhea, ooh, I think if Rhea gets a Mania match as a singles match, and it's not a world title match, I could see Rhea and Beth, and I could see it starting for them mm-hmm. at the Royal Rumble because Beth was already been in a men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a moment? Mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley in the men's rumble, and then Beth in the men's rumble for Rhea. <laughs> That's Beth, the rumble Beth match. Comes out right after. Parts. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be a that would be amazing. But I feel yeah. like I feel like Rhea is definitely in the men's rumble. They're definitely for the men fighting the women now, if it looks believable, which yeah. it did. It definitely did. It looked great. So I think they could, I even think they could do an intergender freaking match mm-hmm. for Rhea Mania. I could see her and Dom in a tag, or I could see 
just her verse. I I could see anything. I could her her the. I feel like the stock on Rhea Ripley is so heavy. You could kind of put her with anybody, and I would believe it. Because mm-hmm. they've been doing such a good job, and credit to me Yim too, because she didn't look half bad suplexing. Uh, no, yeah, she 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 looked pretty good. Body dropping Finn either. Mm-hmm. So this is this is monumental, man. And again, like you said, it was believable. She wasn't in there body slamming Damian Priest, the biggest damn dude in the ring. Mm-hmm. She went for one of the smaller guys. So, so she made it work on her level. Mm-hmm. And medium is still Jack. So it works. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad they're doing this. I'm glad he realized what he could do here. Yeah. Because the whole reason I wanted that to be a War Games match is for what it would mean for the women. Yeah. So the fact that they didn't go with that as a war games match, but Triple H had enough wherewithal. Made, yeah, because he's, he knew how many people were clamoring for that. Exactly. And he delivered it in, in a very subtle way. Like, hey, I'm, I get where you guys want to take this, and I think it's possible, too. He threw us a bone. Yeah, he threw us a bone. And isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Isn't it nice to be in a world where... You know, he, you hear the audience and you throw them a yep. bone. It's like, he look, we can't give you guys the War Games match. We had to do the War Games this way. Right. But since we couldn't give you exactly what you wanted, we'll give you something like what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And it, it worked. Wor- it worked very well. There was no major backlash. Nope. The internet didn't go crazy. I mean, it went crazy, but it went crazy for the right reason. Yeah, for in a good way. So men are fighting men. Uh, women are fighting men. Ricochet is a World Cup champion. Now, how much that means is for a later day, but the credibility, the spotlight on Ricochet is great. The bloodline is great. All in MJF, all, it Regal. It's, it's, been a, it's been a solid week. Yeah. Who do you give the week to? Who had the better week this week? Um, you know what? We haven't done this in a while. Mm-hmm. And it was a good week for WWE. Don't get me wrong, but I'll give it to AEW this week because we we we've kind of been shitting on AEW a whole lot, rightfully so because because they deserved it. But AEW did some good stuff this week, man. So I will I will get I'll give them the credit this week. Yeah, this was a light. This was this felt like a recovery week for WWE after War Games, and I feel like. They picked up with MJF laying out Regal. They mm-hmm. introduced a new belt. They had an interview with Soraya. Bow Wow and Jade are in a thing. <laughs> they signed Juice. They got Hangman back. You know. Yeah, yeah. This was a they 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 they, they shoved it out this week. They yeah, good product they, this week. They did good. All right. So AEW wins the week. Uh, wrestler of the pot is Starboy Charlie. Uh, the women are fighting men, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn could potentially be done. Mm-hmm. But all in all, the week was very oozy. Very oozy. All right, let's get to shout outs, man. All right. Can I go you first? Want... Yeah, you, you could take them first. All right. So my figure four, as always, starts with Doghouse Gaming. For all your retro gaming needs, go to Doghouse. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on Facebook. Uh, and give my guy 
if you see him at the counter, which you should, because he he runs the place. Uh, if you see my guy tweak, tell him the dangerous driver sent you. And um, yeah, just just ball out, man. Play some retro games. Um, try not to buy too many of the Simpsons figures because I'm trying to buy them still. And just go there and have a good time, man. He's mm-hmm. everything. Everything. All right. Number two, the High Wrestling Podcast. Yes, I know I shout them out a lot, but it's because we have a special connection. Um, they're really cool. They get high and talk about wrestling, which is very close to what we do. Um, yeah. <laughs> without revealing anything. This this is kind of close to what we do. We just we just like to chill out and talk about wrestling. You know, who wouldn't want to be high and talk about wrestling? I'm not saying we do it, but who wouldn't want to? Yeah. So shout out to the High Wrestling Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter, and you can also now follow them on Instagram. Um, they've gotten into Instagram because of the state of Twitter without going too much into it. So yeah. they're now on Instagram. They're freshly on IG, so give them a follow. And maybe tell them we sent you there, too. I don't know. Um, free plug. Free plug. After that, I want to talk about UWR. They are my next shout-out. Follow UWR on Twitter. Um, they are a wrestling company that closely follows uh, the Dangerous Drivers podcast on Twitter. They are on Twitter. And if you just want to read some articles, they're also on WordPress, mm-hmm. which is the... Um, I want to say the 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 source of the Dangerous Drivers podcast website. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're the source of the Dangerous Drivers website. We run it through WordPress, um, as does UWR. So give them a follow on Twitter, or give them a follow on WordPress and read some of their articles as well. And last but not least, I want to give a shout out to Endgame Jordan on Twitter. Uh, go follow him. He's currently residing in CZW. Um, so he's a he's an indie wrestler over in CZW. Follow him on Twitter, Endgame Jordan. Um, and that'll do it for my figure for this week. Shout out to those guys. Duke, what you got for us? All right. So I got four shout outs here as well. First things first. I don't know how I didn't know about this company sooner. You guys might laugh at me for this, but their stuff is actually kind of entertaining. Micro wrestling. Micro wrestling? Yes. It's basically an entire company of vertically challenged Mm. wrestlers. Killed that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I I, did, I had it, I had to be politically correct here, but it they yeah. actually do some pretty entertaining stuff, and they have some pretty cool characters, people like Psycho, um, Little Show, Chief Littlefoot, nice Mike Micro Jackson, just nice. to name a few. But nice. if you guys are interested in seeing anything like that, you, you go check out Micro Wrestling because yes. they're it's hilarious. Especially if you're an MLW fan. You know Micro Man. Yeah. The whole show Micro Man's. Micro Man, Ivar the Micro, all those guys. They're they're hilarious. Go check them out. Um, and then as usual, you know, I gotta shout out our Twitch guy, official DJ Blade. Yes, sir. Every Tuesday and Thursday, 7 30 Eastern. Go check him out. Go check him out on Twitch. Go stop in there and say what's up. 
tell them that the jobber sent you. Trust me, you guys are going to enjoy that. Uh, and then we got High Side of the Ropes podcast. Great wrestling podcast. Great group of people. Go check them out on Instagram and all other podcasting platforms as well. And we're going to shout out our guy, Mr. Awesome, on that road to 500 hey. subscribers on YouTube. Hey. Was just on the show. Yes. Very last episode, guys. Go check that one out, too. Mm-hmm. Go check it out on YouTube. Check it out here on Spotify, wherever you're listening to. You'll find it there. And yeah, so those are my four shout outs for the week. Guys, thank you for tuning in to this episode. As always, you guys know where you can reach us. Spotify, Apple Music, um, Google Podcast. Check us out on Instagram. You can go check out our articles and all other cool stuff at the dangerousjobberswebsite.com, YouTube, Twitter, a little bit everywhere. But that's it for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you stay up. Make sure you stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous. dangerous.